What's up, what's up, Set Apart family? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wano. I'm super pumped that you're here. Guys, this interview I just did with the cutest little Chick-fil-A nugget ever. Yeah, I just called somebody a Chick-fil-A nugget. Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Just receive and believe. Um, Cami Avers. Okay, it's amazing. It's so cool. There wasn't a plan going into it, but I really just wanted it to feel like you were joining us for coffee, and it felt like that, and it was awesome. So really what we got down to was how amazing God is when you give him everything that you thought you needed to hold on to. And it's a really amazing journey that Cami shares with us. She's an extremely talented woman. She's also a fellow podcast host, which I'll talk more about in the intro, but I am so glad you're here. And I wanted to read this five-star review that was left this week from Hakeem Collins, Dr. Hakeem Collins. He says, this is a revolutionary podcast. Jamie's been called and set apart in her generation to speak on various topics that touches the heart of the father. She's been graced with a prophetic ability to articulate clearly and accurately what the current trends are and tackle taboo issues that will bring revolutionary change and impact. She's a modern-day Esther with the flame of revival and reformation burning with her. Oh my goodness, he ain't done yet. An emerging millennial voice called to influence the sphere of multimedia. She interviews various Christian and expert leaders from around the world to join in the conversations to ultimately bring glory in the earth. If you have been set apart, this podcast is designed just for you. Her episodes are life-changing and thought-provoking. Thank you, Jamie, for answering the call, my dear sister. Guys, I can't wait. Dr. Hakeem Collins is going to be a guest in a few weeks. I cannot wait for you to hear from him. He's amazing. We're part of International Young Prophets together. And I have to say, if you find value in this podcast at all, it really helps get the word out there for you to go leave a review, to rate it, to share it, whatever it looks like. Tag me so I can see who our Set Apart family is on social media. And let me know what your thoughts are and give me suggestions for topics that we can cover or people that you would like to hear from. I absolutely love you guys, and I hope that you are so encouraged by what's about to hit your eardrums up in this podcast, okay? So you just keep being set apart. You go do your thing with God. Don't do it without Him, because nobody needs to struggle in life for no reason, okay? And you be blessed today. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. I have a special guest. She's so cute and she can't escape it, okay? (laughs) And part of that, you know, in the humility and humble meekness of who I am is that some people get us mixed up at the church. (laughs) I Honestly, Jamie Lynn, I was just going to say, you need to let them know when you say that, that people think that we are the same. So really, you're complimenting (laughs) yourself as well. Yes, absolutely. It's hilarious. Okay, so her name is Cami Avers, and I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And honestly, I really do want to say, you know, when people are like, oh, you look like this person or you remind me of this person yeah. and you don't really know them yet. You're like, "Ooh, is that a good thing? Like, what do I think about this <laughs> comparison? The second someone told me, they're like, oh, I thought you were Jamie Lynn. I was like, oh, that means so much to me. Like, I feel so honored by that. But I think wasn't it that somebody like thought that I had done something that I didn't do? Like you had emceed something or no, mm-hmm. you had painted something, which I'm not that great of a painter. <laughs> and someone came up to me and was like, ask me about the painting. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Like I could not figure it out. And then about like 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh, do you think I'm someone else? Which I should have just painted them something and they could have been really disappointed and been like, what happened awesome. to her gift? 
Or like take the check for the payment. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Something. Jamie Lynn. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you felt that way because I feel the same way. I'm like, sometimes I don't understand how people get me confused with other people. Yes. I'm like, we have brown hair and brown eyes. But listen, I was like, I'm ecstatic when people get me confused with you. Thank okay? you, friend. I love that. Yes. And I have to tell you guys, if you're tuning in, this is what you need to know about Cami. Okay, but we're you're going to know her a lot more by the end of this. But just the basic, no pun intended. Ooh, there you go. Okay, is that she is a host of Basically Basic Podcast with one of her girlfriends. And she's a worship leader. And let me tell you, not only is she talented, that's cool, but that doesn't really mean much to me. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be rude. But she actually really loves the Lord and has an anointing to draw people into his presence and be aware of what he's saying in that time. It's so amazing. And um, she runs an after-school program as the program director for at-risk kids for New Horizons of North Texas. You nailed that, Jamie Lynn. Those are, like, all the things. I love it. I typed it. I typed it out. I have to be honest. Well, you didn't have to tell them that, but thank you for being honest. We appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. That's awesome. No, but I I am also a fellow podcaster, which we were talking about earlier. can be hard at times. It is – it's definitely a journey of faith to step out and to feel like – I don't know if you felt this way, Jamie Lynn, but I just felt – when I first had the dream, like the enemy trying to come and be like, well, what do you have to say? Like, could you really talk, you know, for that many episodes or whatever? But I just really felt like the second I heard that it was even more confirmation from the Lord that like, clearly this is something I was supposed to do because the enemy was trying to steal it before it even got started. And now stepping into it, it's so fun and so amazing because I have this platform, like what you're doing to bring in other godly women and men and get to share their stories and just highlight what God's doing and ask them questions. And it's kind of like what I would want to ask my friends at coffee anyways, but then I have like an intention to do it. And so I ask them like the deep questions that I've always wanted to know, you know? Yeah. So I feel like we're doing that now. And then now I need to have you on my podcast too. Okay. I love it. I love it. So if you're listening in, you need to go check out Basically Basic Podcast with Kimmy. And what is your friend's name? Her name is Amanda. It's Amanda Lackey. And she is she's amazing. She's so funny. And yeah, we've been friends for a super long time. And honestly, we get together and we just talk for hours. And one day her husband was like, guys, y'all need to do a podcast. And we thought he was kidding. And he was like, no, I'm serious. Like, can I just put a mic here and I will do all the editing? Like, I'll do it. And so he kind of was the first seed to be planted. Wow. And we were like, well, I guess we could try, like, whatever. And so we did. And it's been, I guess, August will be a year that we've had the podcast. That's so cool. Okay, so what are, what have been some of the challenges you've faced with the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning, for me, it really was fear of man. And I think that's been something the Lord has been walking me through probably my whole life. Um, so I feel like being somebody who leads worship or has a platform at different times, like, I've had to constantly just lay that down before the Lord because sometimes fear of man can look like pride where you're actually like really pumped on yourself because you feel like you did a good job. But that really is the root is still fear of man because you're letting them build you up. But then sometimes it's actually just fear of like, okay, what would I have to say? Like, is this good enough? And for me, I had these like people in my head of like, what are they going to think if I put out a podcast? Like, will they be like, what is she doing? You know, I think having a best friend in it with me just kind of encouraged me to be like I believe in her so much like I want to hear what she has to say right and I know she felt the same about me so it kind of just encouraged us to really step out and then once we got started and I hope and I'm sure you've had this too Jamie Lynn but seeing the testimonies and like having people message us on Instagram that sounds so silly but just to say like hey this encouraged me 
in this area or the Lord spoke this or I started going back to church or this healed my marriage like crazy stuff that we never expected completely just spurs you on and it just it felt like it all becomes worth it because it is hard work you know yeah it is a lot of work to get one episode out (laughs) totally but then it kind of keeps you going and so there I think there's a lot of negativity at times that can come from social media but I think one of the positives is that it's quick access to people that maybe you would never know that we can speak and encourage and then for them to come back and encourage us right back and to say like no this does matter like your voice does matter it's the coolest thing so our little like tagline for our podcast is giving God glory in the big and basic things and so our, (laughs) our whole thing was like we're goofy we're silly like we're just you know two normal girls but we see like all these other women and men in our lives who are doing epic things for the Lord that maybe like the world doesn't know about. Like some of them may have a big platform, but some of them may just be like stay at home moms who are crushing it and serving their family so faithfully or have dreams in their heart that we see that God wants to, you know, promote to the world is whatever it is. We just wanted to kind of give space to pretend like we're sitting down with them at coffee, which we aren't really pretending because we actually get coffee every time and we, yeah. <laughs> we sit with our coffee and we just talk about dreams of the Lord. So that's kind of been our journey and I'm sure it will evolve, but where we're at now is it's super fun and we're just going along with it, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it's crazy. Even what you're saying now, like with media, it's, it has the ability to be such a gift because there's never been a time where people, and I, I don't know, I can see that people from other countries have been listening yes. to my podcast and I'm like that's so crazy we're at a time where people in other countries can be encouraged by the gospel and people who are sharing testimonies of how good Jesus is when they may not be able to receive that in public yeah where they live. that's and it's crazy in America though they may not have access to this kind of community and my hope is to build it online to where it's like I want you if you're listening in like you're the set apart family I want you to know that your family and that this is a safe place for it is a safe place because we're talking and you could be crying and being touched. Yeah, no, we might cry. I don't know. No, but- well, I mean, honestly, we might. You just never know. But no, I, the other day I was looking at our I think it's our SoundCloud is how we do it. But it shows like different countries or cities. And our number one for that day where we were listening to was the Netherlands. And I'm like, only oh God, because I don't know anyone in the Netherlands. Like, I don't even know how that would even get out there, you know? Yeah. But it is, it's such an honor. There's definitely like times where I get frustrated in the day and age we live in where it's, you know, so quick and all the distractions. But I think one of the blessings is to exactly what you're saying, to be able to see the honor that the Lord would choose for such a time as this to put us on the earth where our voice can reach people or or nations that we may never actually get to physically see or touch, you know? Totally. Absolutely. So here's my question for you. Ask away. With the podcast... So that's a challenge you face, but what, what is some of the fruit you've seen in your own life because that you feel like goes back to just being faithful to the podcast? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, for me, I feel like my faith, as with everybody, my faith just been this constant journey of, you know, feeling like you, you have something figured out and then it all kind of maybe crumbles apart and you're like, okay, wait, no, I need to just fix my eyes back on the Lord. And then march forward and just kind of this up and down. And I feel like anyone in a faith journey can relate to that. But I was actually the first person in my family to really step into faith. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family that was incredible. And we considered ourselves Christians. But um, that really just kind of meant that we celebrated Christmas and Easter. So there wasn't this like relational aspect of the Lord. I think I knew the Lord's Prayer maybe 
Um, but I think it was just because it was a song and I learned songs really quickly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So for me, faith was more just like this idea that we were Christians because we weren't Jewish. I grew up in actually a predominantly Jewish community. So the fact that I celebrated Christmas and Easter was the extent of that. But then going into eighth grade, I had a friend invite me to a church camp. And to be honest, in that season of life, I was super focused on boys. And it was Mm -hmm. a high school camp where there was going to be like eighth grade through senior. So I'm like, okay, cute older boys. Yes, sign me up. I will go. (laughs) So I went and they had us bring a Bible. And I remember having to buy a Bible for the camp because I didn't have one. Um, And what I didn't know was that every morning they had to sit for like, I think, I mean, I'm going to say it was an hour. I think it just felt like an hour. It was probably like 10 minutes, but as an eighth grader, it felt like eternity, (laughs) but they had to sit on the beach in the morning and have quiet time, which to me was this whole new thing. And I'm like, you want me to sit here in silence and read this book? Like, are you kidding me? What, what in the world? (laughs) And so, you know, I, I, I think the first couple of days, I feel like I just kind of drew in the sand and was like, whatever. And then at night at camp, they would have worship music. And I, always loved to sing. I grew up as a singer and I grew up singing country music and I had never heard worship music, like not contemporary worship. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first night just like looking around and being so self-conscious because I, I started crying. And I didn't know why. And I couldn't like understand just the feeling that I felt in the room. And I knew it made no sense to me because I'm like, I'm used to music. I'm used to being around music all the time. And it never makes me feel this way. Like there was a presence in the room that I didn't know at the time, but it was the Lord and all week. It just, the impact of it, I just couldn't shake it. And so then, you know, middle of the week, I start opening the Bible and I'm kind of blown away by the fact that it's not as boring as I thought it was. And I'm opened up the Psalms, which thank the Lord, I just opened it to the middle and it was the Psalms. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, these sound like song lyrics, you know, like this sounds like my journal. This sounds like my heart. And I'm sitting there and just falling in love with the Lord that week. And at the end of the week, they asked if anyone wanted to give their life to Jesus and be baptized in the ocean. And I immediately just stood up a crying mess and gave my life to the Lord. And when I came back from camp, I told my parents I want to start going to church and I have the most incredible parents. So anything I did, they were, you know, like room mom or dance mom or whatever. They were always involved. And so me going to church led to them coming to church. And what I didn't know was God was already actually had been moving on their heart as well. And so just the kind of the perfect storm of his presence in the best way, just running after my family and pursuing us. And I have two little sisters who are five and seven years younger than me. So really, like they don't really remember a time without us loving the Lord. And so from eighth grade on, I fell in love with Jesus. For me, it was a radical kind of transformation. I went from really living for this world to really just wanting to live God's way. Um, But pretty quickly after I got saved, I started being involved in the church and they found out that I sang. And so they started to ask me if I wanted to start singing in youth group stuff, which led to starting to sing on Sundays. And as the church started to grow, it led these opportunities for me to lead worship. And it was awesome because it kind of made my family more involved as well. And it me in a place where I could serve the Lord and love him. And I just discovered and fell in love with the power of worship, um, which was beautiful. But I think what also was kind of planted in that time, which I didn't realize, was this understanding that the way that I related to the Lord was through doing things for him. 
And I felt connected to him when I was quote unquote performing, you know, when I was leading people and when I was on stage and I was singing well, I felt like I was being a good daughter and I felt like it was my way to connect with him. And from, you know, middle of high school until really like three years, five years ago, maybe is probably when the process, maybe four years ago when this process started for me at the Lord unraveling that, but it was kind of this journey of, I felt closest to God when I was being used by him. And I think there has been a lot of beauty in that. I saw, I've seen the Lord do incredible things through using me and I've gotten to be a vessel and I've gotten to watch him provide people and do moves of God. But I think that the negative that the enemy kind of tried to steal from that was I, I learned without realizing it that my purpose was to be used up and that if I was performing well, or if I was leading a a large number of people, then that must mean that God was really pleased with me. And if my platform was small or if that was taken away, then I felt like I didn't have a purpose and that God was mad or he had chosen to like demote me. Um, you know, and I, I feel like, I thought I was so alone in this, but, um, and I'll share more, I'm sure later, just in the process of God unraveling that, but I know that so many people can relate to this, you know, especially people with achiever personalities or natural leaders, probably a lot of people in ministry and ministry can so often start as this like pure hearted, like, oh, I have this gift that you gave me, God, and I want to just give it back to you. And then of course the enemy loves to come and steal those things. And it just became a part of my identity was the gift and not the giver. You know, it was like, well, I can do this for you, God. Um, And I know we have similar personalities, so I'm sure you can probably relate to this in a season or two as well. Yeah, we, I go back and forth between a three and a seven on the Enneagram. (gasps) Same, (laughs) Jamie Lynn, that's why we're so alike. I know. Oh my gosh. And and somebody asked me one of the questions, I haven't answered this on a podcast yet, just to preface, how do I feel about the Enneagram? I don't think it defines people, but it really helps I think it helps us understand how to communicate to one another a little bit easier, like people we don't understand and that don't function the way we do. And I don't, I don't think they should ever be used as an excuse for not showing. Absolutely. But I, I, I think it's awesome. So it's funny because I'll take it and I'm a three, I'll take it. I'm a seven. And when I read the seven, I'm like, that's me. When I read the three, I'm like, I think that's me in work mode. I don't know. Yes. (laughs) Well, no, I think, I think I kind of go back and forth from both. And I had so many people, I think, because I have a bigger personality and you're the same way. Yeah. People tell me all the time, you're a seven, you're a seven, you're a seven. But then when I read the three, I started weeping because that achiever part of me that always felt like I had to be good enough or perform well. I was like, oh, I can so relate to that, you know? But I think also as a happy person, sometimes my achieving can be in being happy and joyful and bringing joy into the room. And so sometimes my seven-ness can even like be used as an achieving thing, which is just, you know, the struggle of life. Totally. I I loved leading because like my dream is to empower and encourage people and to get vision and encourage them in it and put the right people in the right place and stuff. But if you're not careful and you're like the achiever part of me was, I used to say yes all the time. Yep, totally. All the time. And I could do it, but it wore me out into literal depression yeah. at times because I was running on empty because I wasn't protecting that secret place and that time with God. And so I could do it though, because God doesn't take away the gifts and my personality is big, but nobody knew I was like, I was the one pouring into other people. Nobody ever asked me what I needed or if I was okay until my last year or two of college, probably. Wow. Um, so I, I was pretty much like, 
I, that was totally me. Um, and now I feel like the, the true nature of Jamie Lynn is probably a combination of the two, but, um, I can so relate to that, that not saying no. And I don't know about Lance. I don't know your husband super well, but for me, one of the gifts of marriage has been my incredible husband is so rooted in who he is. And he's such not a people pleaser that he constantly, he really is someone that I go to a lot to say, like when I'm overwhelmed and I feel like my instinct is just to say yes, yes, yes to everything. Mm-hmm. I will look to him as a partner and say, okay, my gut is to say yes, but do you think that's wise? You know, <laughs> and yeah. we've been together since we were 15. So we've been <laughs> doing life together for 15 years and married for six years. So he knows me enough to know where I'm coming from. Is it coming from a place of empty where I'm just trying to do a quick fix of meeting a need to feel loved by performing yeah. or doing it? Or is it coming from a place of genuine, like this is a, you know, a space that the Lord has carved out for me to lead or to serve? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? You know, that's really good. You know, it's crazy. I have a short podcast on the power of yes. Um, so if y'all are listening, go back and listen to it. Well, it's I'm going to go back of, and listen too. Yeah. I think you'll be encouraged too. But I, I think for me, like I've learned now and I feel like I can confidently say this and, and even I love that you and your husband have that relationship. I just love what mar- marriage looks so different than I thought it would. And it's in a good way. Like, it's, yes, it's like, like being able to bounce things like that off. And he actually seeks the Lord on it. But for me, I, I think to be able to say yes, really strong, you have to say way more no's. And mm-hmm. our first year of marriage, you know, we moved to San Antonio away from my entire, all of my friends in my community that I grew up in, that I, like have deep roots with still connected to all of them still feel like upper rooms by home church you know what I mean it's like we feel the same about you Jamie Lynn so <laughs> well good but I it's like you know you you get uprooted and moved here and all of these amazing opportunities came our way in our first year of marriage and my gut instinct I didn't realize was to say well of course we'll do that interview with you of course we'll do this of course we'll do that and I remember there was one week where we said no six times wow in less than a week and there were some opportunities that are like, could open up a door for you down the road kind of thing. Or like, but it was like, actually sitting back and saying, is that what I'm supposed to say right now? Even, and there's times when God is like, you don't even need to know why you just trust the no in your gut without understanding. That's just, so okay, good. Right. Or maybe there is a reason and maybe that person doesn't need to know the reason, but you did, or maybe mm-hmm. they do need to know the reason straight up why you're saying no, but our no, that's why like when people say no to me, even with the podcast or the timing of when I can record somebody on a podcast, I'm like, I celebrate it when people say no, because to me, that's, that's because they're saying yes to something. Yes. One day, if they're supposed to be on here, they'll say yes, you know, like, or the timing will line up. It's usually more of a timing thing with people. I love that. Well, also, I feel like part of the lie and people pleasing is that saying yes, a lot of times for me, at least felt like it was the more loving thing to do. Like, well, of course I I can give and of course I'm going to say yes. But actually what I've realized is that in saying no, I'm actually showing a deeper trust in the Lord because especially when it seems like a natural yes, like when it's something that you would want to do normally or in the natural, you're like, well, yeah, this seems like an open door. Of course I should walk through it. Like I don't need to consult the Lord or seek wise counsel. But when you say no, because that's actually what the Holy Spirit is telling you and you walk in obedience, you're actually trusting the Lord deeper because you're saying no, like, even though this door seems like it will lead me to what I want my purpose to be or what I feel like my calling is, I trust that you can still make that happen in your way and your timing without me yeah. having to force it, you know? Come on. 
Come on. Okay, so this is so good. And I've heard you have a cool story about this. Like uh, you thought your life was going to look one way, but God was like, I have a different timing and a different road. Completely. Can you please share that with us? Yes. So, you know, it's kind of a cool segue because you were talking a second ago about being newly married and moving to San Antonio and just kind of having this whole new season where things just looked really different than what you thought. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, I said I was married six years. Um, my husband is actually a physician. He's full on doctor now as of two weeks ago. So Congratulations. Proud. I cried watching your Instagram so story. I love when people accomplish like dreams or big things. Like it, like the gold buzzer on America's Got Talent video <laughs> on Facebook. Like, I, I'm so embarrassed, but like I was literally, I'm not just saying that's literally so crying. sweet. You're <laughs> such a good friend. And honestly, like, I love that you got that. Cause I think some people didn't understand like the magnitude of what he accomplished. And even my husband, he's yeah. so humble. So he's, I have to encourage him to celebrate a little more and to be like, yeah. he's, he's a one on the Enneagram, which, you know, just a little bit of like, it's, he's like, I just did my job. What's the big deal. I'm like, no, you worked so hard. And really, we were celebrating the Lord because God gave him crazy grace to walk through the whole process. But yeah, I mean, since we were 16, 15, when we started dating, he always said he wanted to be a doctor. And I got a front row seat to watch him not just say that, but to sew into that and to just work when he didn't want to and lean into God when he didn't understand just all the things. But, you know, four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, four and now he is done praise the lord so incredible but his first year of residency and i don't know how familiar you are with that process but after medical school you apply to different programs for residency and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's almost like a sorority fraternity thing where like the high you rank your schools and they rank their students and then the highest match is where you get placed which i had no idea when we first got married i'm like yeah you're gonna be a doctor cool no clue like how crazy the process is but Essentially, when they assign you somewhere, you don't get to say no. Like, if you say no, that means you're stepping away from the whole process. If you step away from that, if you say no to where they send you, you are basically saying you don't want to continue in the process. Yeah. And we really felt the whole last year of medical school, we felt really strongly that we were going to either go back to Nashville, which is where we did undergrad, or we were going to go to Dallas, which at the time we were living in Fort Worth. So not a big move, but... um, that last year, honestly, Nashville was kind of the obvious choice. We had great community there. We helped plant a church there and we loved it there. And so we were kind of like, okay, that's where we want to go. But then that last year, God kept speaking to us about Dallas and he kept talking about like, we'd have dreams about revivals in Dallas or um, just people gathering in our home and worshiping, like just crazy stuff that God was speaking about. And so we felt like, okay, God, it's going to be Nashville or Dallas, like one or the other for sure. And the day comes about wherever we find out we're going and through a whole series of events, we end up finding out that he, we will be going to Dallas for the last three years, but the first year, his intern year, we have to go to either Chicago, Seattle, or LA, Um, which all of which felt so random and not our Mm -hmm. plan at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had one hour to choose and I know. So talk about just like walking up and down, like praying in the spirit, like Jesus, give me a sign, like tell us where we're supposed to go. Um, You know, we'd only been married two years at that point. And it just felt like this crazy thing, leaving everyone we knew. And um, God actually was really, really kind to give a very direct sign. We, in that hour that we had to choose, I walked out to get the mail and I 
pick up the mail and the first thing on the mail was this magazine that said Los Angeles with the LA skyline. So we were like, okay, well, I'm going to take that as my sign. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, but to be real, like I was so frustrated at the Lord. I didn't understand. I felt like the way I described it to a friend was I felt like it would be like getting coffee with a best friend every day for a year and then having this big secret and them not telling you. Um, It just felt like I was like, God, I, I talk with you. Like we have a relationship. I, I asked you and I was like, could you have given me a dream about the ocean? Could someone have given me a prophetic word about the city of angels? Like there's so many scenarios <laughs> in my mind that I felt like would have been kinder, but it was this kind of blindsiding. And I just, it was kind of my first temper tantrum to the Lord of mm-hmm. this was not what I wanted. And this was, you know, how, how is this going to make sense? And up until that point, leading worship at, a church. I was full-time on staff there. And then I was traveling around the world, really doing worship music. Um, so, wow. so I was in a duo with my best friend from college and we were called Kaleidoscope. It was super fun. Oh. Um, we mainly did like teen girl conferences. So like girls of grace was one that we did. Um, and a lot of just of different events for teenage girls. And so our heart was really like worship and encounter for for girls and so for me it felt like this really pure thing of like of course God like of course you want me to do that you know like why would you not want to promote that or highlight that because in my mind it felt like my calling and oh yeah so I don't know I just felt like doing music and and being in this this duo with my best friend it felt like it was God's call and for that season we saw so much fruit in it and I was getting to travel lead worship and be in front of these big stages and again like I said earlier to me that really felt like how I most connected to God. So I thought, you know, the more that I do this, the more I'm being used by him, the more that I'm being a good daughter and all these just, you know, religious thoughts that I didn't realize. And so when we moved to LA, I get to California and that, you know, I had to say goodbye to that worship leading job where towards the end of it, I was leading like 10 services a week, which is nuts. I realize now, but I had no, I'm like, like we talked about earlier, I'm just saying yes to every opportunity And in my mind, I'm like, oh, if they ask me to lead worship, of course I need to because it's for the Lord or it's for these people. Yeah. And I had no clue how dry and empty and just needy I was for Jesus to fill my cup. Like I thought I had no clue how on empty I was running. And so we get to L.A. And that year, um, Stephen's job, he was doing trauma surgery in L.A. County. So he was working at the trauma one hospital of all of LA, he was seeing like crazy traumatic situations and he was working like 120 hour weeks. Um, I'm not even kidding. Like he would go in, his day shift was um, three in the morning until seven or eight at night. And then his night shift was three in the afternoon until 10 the next morning. So, you know, I had just come off this season of like, go, go, go hustle, hustle, I think I'm on top of the world. And then all of a sudden I move to this place where I don't know anybody and it's so quiet and I'm just alone. And I didn't know what to do. Like I literally was like, I don't know who I am if I'm not needed. Like, I don't know who I am without a platform. I don't know who I am without having opportunities to shine quote unquote, or to feel like I can lead people. That's real. so real and I it took me even a second to get there but like that year that we, we were in California a little bit over a year and that year was 
I was either home and I was completely alone or I was traveling and, and going out and doing ministry. And so it, because it was such a dichotomy, like there was such a shift, I started just to realize how kind of fake I felt that year when we were traveling and leading worship, because I was confronted with the fact that on my own with the Lord, like I didn't know who I was with him anymore. Like, and I, before, since I was so busy, I just don't think I realized it, but here I was like on stage, you know, declaring these truths or leading people into these, the presence and inside I'm like, I don't know if I trust you, God. Like, I don't know what, what it looks like to just be with you as a daughter. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. And I remember, um, pretty quickly after we moved to LA, there was one night where I was leading worship and I was singing oceans, which at the time I probably had sung like 500 times. I'm, <laughs> I want, I honestly am questioning if I've sung it more than the girl who recorded it. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Cause I was like the jam of that year, but yeah. I was singing it. And I remember singing the, you know, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters, wherever you would call me. And I realized in that moment, like I had sung that over myself thousands of times. Like, I don't know. And I didn't mean it. Like, I was like, I don't want to go where my trust is without borders. I'm really scared right now. And I really would just rather go home. Like I'm uncomfortable and I don't no. like being uncomfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just felt the weight of all these songs that I had been singing and just being like, I need to like, this needs to be real for me first. Or like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? Yeah. Um. And so that year I ended up like, I was supposed to go on this tour that I was super pumped about. It was going to be like a three month tour. And honestly, I think part of why I was pumped about it was because one it felt cool and two I was like I can just be busy again and not think about all this stuff in my heart and the day that I had packed up all my stuff I had already cried saying goodbye to Steven thinking I'm leaving him for three months I'm at the airport and I get a call from our manager that the tour got canceled what yes I'm not kidding like I had like all these suitcases and he was so funny he was like I hope this doesn't like cause any problems and I'm like oh if if by that do you mean am I at the airport currently with all my stuff packed Wow. Um, oh, you probably heard the dogs barking. You're welcome. Uh, well, your phone cut out just then. So you were like, am I at the airport with all my stuff? And I feel like you were just going, no. Yes, I was I was there. I'm like, what in the world? Like I, this was, again, just one of those disappointments of like, God, what are you doing? Like, this was not the plan. Like wow. I was supposed to go on this tour and I had been praying for these girls and just, you know, thinking that this was the right thing. Um. And instead it got canceled. And so those three months that I thought I had a plan, I now all of a sudden was like, I have nothing to do. And Uh I ended up spending those three months. um, I got a nanny job because I was like, I need to do something and I need to make some money. And I started nannying for these two girls and I would pick them up from school in the afternoon. And in the mornings, I kind of put myself through some type of like spiritual boot camp. But I was like, I'm going to sit here and worship the Lord by myself, like I'm worshiping him with thousands of people until it feels real, or maybe it won't. And then I'll just maybe decide I don't even believe this anymore. Like, I don't know. Um, Uh And it was just a year of like laying before the Lord and just declaring songs and singing them and meeting with him. And I remember one morning just being like, this is such a waste of time. Like in my achiever mind, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is nothing, you know? And so clearly I just heard the Lord be like, this is what you were made for. 
like this isn't a waste of time this is actually like why you were created um and it was just one of those marker moments for me where it was the first time in a long time I had heard his voice and I just remember like weep I mean I'm kind of crying right now just think about I just remember crying and being like I've been trying to make it about like doing things for you and in my mind I'm like god there's so many lost people like there's so many like I need to do this and all of that's good but I lost the point of like the man Jesus like I didn't I hadn't talked to him as a father or a friend I hadn't like asked him who he thought I was or what he actually made me to be and um that year ended up being just a rewiring of my my heart and my what worship meant and what it meant to like be in the presence for myself and for my husband like he would come home and be so drained from work and we would just sit and like just sing and declare you know the glory of God over our home and over ourselves and um it was so challenging because there were times where you know I would feel like what's the point but then every time he would show up and I'm like this is the point like he's the point like that's the point you know and um even naming those two girls it was so discipling because I hear I was praying for the thousands of girls that I felt like God wanted me to be on stage and speak to and in watching these girls um they didn't have a, a really a family of faith and I just got to love on them and speak you know the gospel to them and uh-huh. one day the Lord was like is this enough like if it was just about that those girls that you got to like share the gospel with and have them get to know me like I would drive them to youth group and got them you know to know the man Jesus like is that this and that the point and it was just this rewiring of like okay here I was thinking it's all about the mass numbers but he had these two girls that he was assigning me to for this season and and it didn't feel glamorous and it didn't look cool but it was it mattered you know yeah totally so yeah I mean I think there's so many memories and stories from from that year but that was I guess three years ago now and that was the beginning of just me kind of relearning what worship was and more importantly relearning who I was as a daughter and I I just even want to speak to like I know there's probably somebody listening right now that's like uh yeah like I do ministry and I've been pouring out for years and years or maybe just months and months and I'm burnt out and I just want to challenge like that person that whatever it takes for you to get back to that place where it's you and him and you whether it's like getting up early and being a secret place or in your car like before you you know go on stage to lead worship worshiping yourself like it's the most important thing that you could do because it's it's the truth like it's the reality of what you are made to be and until we can connect to that place with just him like it's never going to feel like enough and we're just going to constantly be running from empty, you know? Totally. You know, when I spoke at the Bloom conference, um, which was amazing, by the way, it was such a good conference, girl. You slay. Oh, well, I was more speaking about your topic, but yes, it was an awesome (laughs) conference. It was so good. It was, it was so, it just was such an amazing women's conference at Uproom Dallas. Anyways, one of the things that this reminds me of what you're saying is there was this moment in life where it was like, I, and this is part of what I shared, but it's like, do we want to get to heaven and be like, God, look at all these things I did for you. I did this. I led worship on stage. I spoke to thousands of people. I started this business and him look at us. And we really thought that we were doing it for him, which we were. And then he's like, but you didn't know me. You didn't do it with me. Like I wasn't with you in any of that. 
And I know that like that, that may seem kind of harsh, but for me, it's like, I, I've, I've even like, that's where a lot of my no's come from. Like I, and, and another thing too, with this, like that, I feel like even for you, as I prophesy to you over a podcast, <laughs> I love that. I receive. Come on. Is that like, there's something about you being hidden before God shows you like, like imagine his kindness to take you through all of that before you're actually on stage. Oh my goodness. And how so amazing. kind, but for you, you're going to have a strength in a, like a physical power out of your voice into the hearts of women when you speak because of that TD Jakes just came out this book because of the crushing that mm. you went through to get to where you are. But like, because you endured the crushing and because you're enduring even the patience, like with right now, like any trial that would come, but just the patience and the delight of just being with God, it's going to take you so much further, Cammie, than you ever could have gone in your wildest country star dreams or whatever. <laughs> you're doing, but, no? Yeah. Thank you. I received that. And I honestly, like, I feel that like I've, I've felt, and I'm thankful to have gotten to this place, but I have felt the gift of hiddenness and like the kindness of God to, to like, to show me the truth. I mean, really, that's what he was doing. He was like, you're, you're missing it. And somewhere there was still that little girl, you know, that was the eighth grader being like, I want to know you and was feeling the power of that worship presence of God. And it wasn't about the stage at that point. It was about him and and my desire to be with him and God was so kind to bring me back to that place and now I'm so aware of it and I I actually I have music that I've written and recorded and since then our our band has ended and I'm still best friends with that girl which is so cool and that was a whole (laughs) other story of another the next disappointment after the tour was that she decided she didn't want to do music anymore so it was a whole other level of laying stuff down but I've actually held back um releasing the music yet because I've been really intentional with being like, God, I want to fully, I want to fully walk through this hidden season in every, learn all the things that you want me to learn until I like, you know, release anything out again. Um, because I just, I think there's so much beauty in it. And I, I, that's kind of another thing I just wanted to encourage any listener is I was so angry at the Lord because I felt like hiddenness was a punishment. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to point back and be like, but God, like I did this for you and I did this for you. And these many people came to know you. And it's like, I needed to remind him of the things that he actually did through me, you know, Yeah, which is so prideful. Um, but I felt like he was punishing me. Like I felt like yeah. been being hidden, he was demoting me or whatever, but it, it felt unloving is what I'm trying to say. And in reality, it was the most loving thing that he could do. That's and good, Cammie. that hiddenness is often the, the last thing we want. And it can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, but it's not a delay of a promise as a punishment. It's actually like the, the thing you have to walk through to get to that promise. Like it's the fire that you need to walk through, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I am, I'm so thankful. And there's been so many things since then that I look back and I'm like, man, like life has led me some crazy ways. And even promises, like before we moved to LA, I had those dreams and visions of Dallas. And now he brought us to Dallas, not by the way that we thought he would, but by the way of the year in California. And I'm seeing that now I'm seeing that happen at upper room. I'm getting to be a part of those dreams, but it just wasn't the time or the way that I thought. And I'm coming as such a different person. And I'm so thankful to be in a house like a room where they have a prayer room because I'm like, Oh, I've been doing that by myself, you know, alone. 
and our little shack basically by the by the ocean <laughs> but now I, I get to come in with a community of believers who are like pursuing that presence with me and it feels like such a gift because I'm like oh I'm not alone no like I'm running with people that also know what it means to center their lives around this man and not the things that we think he can give us yes and you know what I'm learning right now like it's so silly I'm like what you're saying is so powerful. Okay. So the secret place is something like to me, that's not the prayer room with everybody else. It's literally, it's like intimate. It's like the bedroom with a husband and wife. Yeah. Like totally. That's a non-negotiable in a relationship with the Lord to have secret time with him in the, in prayer and in word, like listening to a majority of it. And not only that, but I'm finding that that community aspect, like the entire gospel is about other people. It's about not sinning against others others Mm. others and it's about discipling others it's about other people other people other people it's so other people focused and oriented in the gospel and it's like the most growth I've seen is not just from the secret place that that strengthens who Jamie Lynn is and her character nature but the acceleration comes when I'm running with people who are madly in love with him and who will correct me because yeah or encourage me because that's love like to me, That's running so good. a community like that is so pivotal. And and there are, like, I remember being in Upper Room Dallas. It's easy when you have, you find an amazing community. It's like, wow, this doesn't exist anywhere else. And I'm like, it actually does. They're just not all well-known, you know? Like, yes. To- you have to seek it out. Totally. And what we seek, we will find. And Okay, Cami. So what was it like for you after going through that time? Like with, okay, so community is what is what has changed so much for me recently. It's what the Lord's really talking to me about because people put so much emphasis on the secret place and spending time alone with God, which you had a lot of in LA. But what is the, what has changed for you coming to Upper Room and running with people in community who do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, for one, I'm so much more thankful for it than I've ever been in my life <laughs> because I'm like, oh, it's so cool to see other people. And, I, to to be like, I thought God was doing this really unique and weird thing in me in that season of just me and him. And he was, but then to come to a place where like all these other people are encountering him in the secret place in that way. Yeah. And like realizing like it was crazy for me because I would feel God move when I was leading worship, you know, on stage for thousands of people. Like I would feel his presence, but I didn't know that it was possible to encounter that, like in my home by myself, to be honest. Like, wow. I felt the manifest presence more when it was those big moments, but I started to learn like, okay, I can tap into that place with me and my husband. I can tap into it with me and the Holy spirit and Jesus and God, like the Trinity, like we got it. We got it going on between the four of us. Like it's good. (laughs) But then to come into a, a house where that is like fostered and, and built, uh, like, just uphold it, I guess is the word I'm looking for, was just so exciting. And I'm thankful because if I hadn't had that year in L.A., to be honest, I probably wouldn't have found a room or really sought after a church like that. Because up until that season, I had always been on staff at a church. And so we had gone to church everywhere, wherever I worked. And that was kind of another part of my identity that I kind of latched onto was like, Oh, I'm a worship pastor or, you know, whatever. And so when we were moving from LA to Dallas, so clearly the Lord told me, don't get a job at a church, but find a church and like the job, the provision will come, you know, Mm -hmm. which was honestly scary because up until that point, that's the only thing on my resume is worship leader or youth pastor. So I'm like, okay, God, you're gonna have to figure that one out, which (laughs) he completely did exceedingly abundantly above. 
Um, but because of that, I had the freedom to go to church with my husband for the first time in our marriage and stand next to him in worship and find a house that fit us as a couple. And somebody sent me the song You Satisfy, actually, um, from the Up Room album. Yes. They they were like, you should sing this, blah, blah, blah. Loved the song. And the funny thing is, here I am. We've been in Dallas for four months. We were praying diligently for a church. Couldn't find it. And I'm like, where's our church, God? You told us there was a church here. Blah, blah, blah. And every day I'm listening to this Upper Room album and just getting, like, slain. And I'm like, Jesus, like, loving it (laughs) in the throne room in my car. And finally, after, like, I'm not even kidding you, Jamie Lynn, probably three months. And I'm laughing because I'm like, was God just like, hello, like, I am answering your prayer (laughs) over and over again. But I finally Google it. I'm like, where's this Upper Room church? Like, I've never heard of them before. And lo and behold, it is 10 minutes from our house. Get out. No, I'm not kidding. I was like, is this a joke? Like, I for sure thought it was in a different state. I don't even know what I thought. But that (laughs) next week, we went to Upper Room, and we walked in, and Stephen and I – well, actually, this is funny. He When we walked in, he said that he got chills, like, all over his body. And he he turned to me, and he goes, okay, this is either going to be a complete answer to prayer, or this is going to be super weird. He was (laughs) like, I can't tell. Thank God it was incredible and we both cried the whole time and we were like, okay, we're home. This is, this is it. And I would love, you know, to say that that was the end of that season and I had everything figured out and it was great and my heart was totally pure all the time. And, you know, no, it's still been definitely a process of, of that hidden place and God just still just taking things out like he loves to do. But instead of resenting it, I'm now like pumped about it. Like pruning is hard, but you can also like get to a point where you're like, prune me, Lord. Like this is your work and I want it, you know? Yes. So that's where we're at now. That's really powerful. And I don't know. Are you 30-ish? I guess I just turned 30 in November. So I am not 30-ish. I am 30. Thank you. (laughs) Happy Um, 30 and a half birthday. Woo! Um, But I think that something happens when you turn 30, if you allow it to. But I think a lot of people that we run with do, it's like you enjoy the process. Well, it's not always enjoyable, but you understand like it needs to happen and it's detrimental to where you're going. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's you start to realize the older you get that seasons are such a thing Mm -hmm. and that there really is a season for everything. Like the word says that, but it's true. And so, oh, five years ago, I would have thought, you know, this is going to be forever. Like whatever I'm walking through is going to it's never going to end. The pain's going to be forever. But now I, I'm aware of the fact that nothing is forever except for the Lord and it's going to be seasonal. And I can kind of just to the extent in which I'm willing to walk through the process and surrender to it, it's probably actually just going to make it go faster. That's so true. You know, like you think of the Israelites and if they had just like really submitted to the Lord, the promised land was right there. And it took them so much longer because they were just grumbling and complaining and all these things. And I still am not the best at that, but I would so much rather every day at least do my best to submit to the Lord and say, like, okay, here we are. I'm not finished yet in this process, but, like, open heart surgery before you, Jesus. Like, do what you need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's another thing, too, when I think about Job, and it seems like Job, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now, hear me out. I'm not trying to be insensitive about what he went through, but nine months, first of all, we can do anything for nine months. Okay. Like yeah. that was, he went through like the most torturous hell 
Satan himself wow. was like the one that had permission to go after him. And the Lord knew that he would find no fault in Job. And it's like the Lord, what's crazy is I, and I, this isn't something I'd be standing on stage preaching about right now, because I think it's important to have depth on what you do share. But I want to encourage everybody to get the T.D. Jakes book, The Crushing, because I think it's revolutionizing the millennials culture and the fact that um, like God does allow things to happen, but it's what happens in that process that uh, that allows you to get where you were always meant to go. Wow. And it requires that process, too. And I just think about Job and what he went through for nine months and everything was restored abundantly more than it was before. And he lost everything, but he had everything because he had the Lord. Yeah, and he and to even walk through that and to know that, like to to get to that place where he was like, "Well, I have you," you know, and, yeah. and that that's enough. Like that is a victory that we all hope we can get to, where we actually can say that and fully mean it, you know? Yeah, totally. That's so real. It's easy to go through the punches and roll with it, but I think when God sees the hunger in our hearts, He reveals things so much faster. Yeah, that acceleration, like. I didn't realize I was numb here. I didn't realize I was not making time for this. Like, cause he sees the hunger in our hearts and he yeah. rewards that. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I hope that there's somebody listening who, I mean, maybe more than one person, but maybe it's just one who needed to hear this. And cause if I could help anybody to just surrender to that more, like, I feel like I've used my story for a good purpose, you know? Yeah. Like, living in L.A., we were two blocks from the ocean, so I went to the beach every day, which, side note, another kindness of the Lord. I'm like, man, if I had to go through this crushing process, he took me to the most beautiful place to do it, so thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And I would meet with him at the beach, but I fell in love with watching surfers. Like, it was just – I. I never actually surfed myself and it looks super hard, but where we lived in LA, there was like really, really talented professional surfers who lived in that area. And so I would go to the beach and watch them. And I learned so much about God through watching surfing. But part of it was that you have to wait so patiently to find the right wave and the good surfers know how to wait. And when they catch that wave, they like, you know, can ride it in, but it's not them really it's the wave doing that work but then sometimes they would get taken under by the wave and instead of fighting it like you'd watch the good surfers just kind of submit to it and then they would come up quicker like right where they went under it was like I would have thought they would have been pushed out but they would just like go under and then like come right back up and I feel like how that relates to this process is like sometimes waves are gonna hit us and they're like spiritual waves or life waves or whatever and if we fight it it's gonna take all our energy to fight it as opposed to just like kind of leaning into it and be like okay this is where I'm at but like God is on the throne and he's not surprised by it and he's good and if I allow him he promises he's gonna make good out of it like that's his promise yeah so that's such a better place to come from and I'm speaking to myself here because I have to remind myself of this daily but like to declare that over ourselves versus like why God like why did you do this you know it just takes all our energy fighting it instead of being like I'm gonna use that same energy to just trust you and to lean into this process. Yeah. That's really good, Cammie. That's such a, you know what else stands out to me about the ocean with you is that's when you first met the Lord on the ocean <gasps> at the retreat. And then he brought you into the crushing. He's like, but even then you're going to find me again here in the beauty. Jamie but- Lynn, I have chills right now. I've never made that connection until just now. And you got baptized in the ocean, right? Yes, I did. That's crazy. Oh, okay. I actually have chills. Thank you for saying that. I had no, I'd never made that connection with that. And I, I so find him on the ocean. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, I just love it. So, and somehow I live in Dallas and I'm landlocked, but here we are. Well, it's okay. it just gives you an excuse to travel more. It does. It totally does. I saw that beautiful trip that you took to Mexico recently. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We go every summer to Mexico with my family. And I feel like it's, again, always those like check-in moments and God just always does so much in that one week, like just in unifying my family or just speaking to me. Like yeah. he definitely, I find him in the ocean and the song oceans. Oh my gosh. I can't. This is too much. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. That's so cool. So cool. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Okay. Jesus, we see you. This is your first book. You're welcome. I don't need royalties. I'm going <laughs> in, the, in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, 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 yes. There you go. Um, that's That really could be the name of your first book. That's I, so crazy. I know. I'm kind of blown away by the connection. <laughs> well, um, I have Everybody, we just got to listen firsthand to what it sounds like when Cammy hears a Ravi from the Lord. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So, okay. So with all of this being said, for everybody listening in, I didn't know where this podcast was going to go. So the title will come at the end, but neither did I. What's so beautiful is to hear like, Cammy, you didn't, it's really vulnerable for somebody who is naturally in the flesh, like an achiever type person, like what you were saying, it's really vulnerable for you to share like, yeah, I wanted all this. And I realized I was using that and feeling used, like allowing myself to be used or choosing to use myself in this way, when that's not what it looked like, even though that's part of my calling, but just not that way. Like, that's really vulnerable to admit. And I feel like there's a lot of people listening in who are thinking like, wow, I'm really good at this. So that just means that I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that or whatever it is. But there's something really valuable about being faithful with the little. Yeah trusting the process because there's there's so much more strength and anointing and power behind those who are willing to go through the process to get their God's way than to do it on our own. Because if we do it on our own, we have to maintain it on our own and it's empty and it's, it's just, it feels meaningless even, and it, and it takes a while to notice it, but when we build with God, he's the one that maintains it. And so, Oh, completely. Yeah. And so I think that that's such a beautiful picture of your life, Cammy, that you're like, okay, this is what life looks like with God. And it just sounds so freeing and beautiful. And I'm really encouraged by your testimony. So thank you so much for sharing it. Well, thank you for giving me space to share it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So Cammy, where can people find you? Yes. Well, um, where can they find me? That's a great question. Instagram. Um, Instagram for sure. That's my favorite platform of social media. It's at Cami Avers, C-A-M-M-I-E-A-V-E-R-S. Mm-hmm. And then our podcast is at Basically Basic Podcast. And yeah, those are probably the two main ones. Awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank you so much for your time. And for those of you listening in, I encourage you to go follow her on Instagram and be encouraged and follow her Basically Basic podcast with her cute friend and be encouraged. And this is really important just to to take time to sit with the Lord. Like in summary, I feel like this is how I would summarize everything that I just learned from Cammie. Protect the time that you have with God alone because there's a lot he wants to share in that place. Two, make sure you're around community and running with community because, or ask for it and he'll give it to you if you don't have it. And three, don't be afraid to endure the process because good things come from it. That's what I learned from you. <laughs> I feel like that is the best summary. And I hope that's what I communicated because that sounds great to me. 
wow, I sound amazing. I'm like, wow, I did a really good job. I didn't even know. It's amazing what happens when we share what God did in our life. It really, it really is. And you know what's so cool is I, I still feel like he gives me opportunities to use the gifts he's given me, but it feels so much more open-handed now that I let him be the one to offer it instead of me trying to like perfection my way to it you know yeah so even this podcast like I, I feel like it's such a testimony because cammy a couple of years ago would have had notes typed out and would have had everything <laughs> like planned and I'm just like no I gotta let the Lord do his thing because he wants to speak something and his one word is gonna be way better than my 10,000 words so and this went totally different it, it kind of went different than I thought it would be like, it's good that's good Me too. that's the Lord I'm, I'm here sure. for it it sure is well, if you guys are listening in, thank you once again, Cammie, for joining us. And if you're listening in and you find value in this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would go and leave a written review. And I always do drawings. So if you leave a written review, your name will be entered into a drawing to win some of my favorite things. So please take the time to do that. Share it with your friends and go follow Cammie. Thanks, guys. Love you so much. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Set Apart with the one and only Kimmy Avers. I have great news for you. I just found out that her, one of her songs that has been in holding for a long time and just in the hidden place in her heart is going to be released Friday, August 30th, and it's called Gravity. So I just wanted to leave that message at the end of this podcast so that you could go and make sure that you're following her on Instagram, follow me on Instagram, because I will be posting and celebrating alongside her to hear her new song gravity that has been waiting to be launched into our hearts to carry us onward love you guys have a great day